Let's talk about cannabis consumption lounges in the state of Illinois. As it stands in Illinois, there are licenses to do cannabis cultivation, retail, transportation, and infusion. Notably, there are not licenses for consumption lounges, and I think that's just the way that it should be. This is actually one of the things in the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act that I like. I know, right? You don't often hear anything like that out of me, but it's one of the only parts that is not riddled with barriers to entry. Starting a cannabis consumption lounge in Illinois as it stands now is actually something that is achievable for most people. The same cannot be said about any other cannabis business in the state of Illinois. But don't take it from just me. Take it from owners of consumption lounges in Illinois. This is an instance where the lack of, let's say, strict regulation is actually working in our favor. Yes, it actually is. This is That's the best part about this license, that it is municipality controlled. Um, so there is some leverage on that. I'm comfortable with what we're doing here. Like I've, I'm not looking for any major changes. There's Instead, there are tobacco retail licenses, which are easy to obtain and are not under the strict control of the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act, which legalized cannabis in Illinois. When combined with permitting from your local government or municipality, a tobacco retail license allows you to open a cannabis consumption lounge. Over the years, there have been bills to create licensing for cannabis consumption events. The longest standing group in Illinois cannabis events agrees that things are just fine the way that they are. That's actually a good, I just thought of it. I was about to ask, do you have to deal with like uh, licensing or whatever? And I remember in this last session, there was a proposal for like uh, cannabis licensing events. Like, would you have, were you hoping something like that would happen or do you not really care? It's, it's, what is that it's, for you? It's like since like 2021, like they've had something like, something come yeah, and, and nothing happens, you know? Yeah. And, and the way I see it sometimes, like, I don't know, we're, we're working the way we are. Like, you know, the state of Illinois has proven themselves to be incapable of issuing cannabis licenses in a manner that is timely, fair, or truly equitable. I suggest that we keep this where it is outside of the strict control of the CRTA. If it's the freedom to easily open a cannabis business or host a cannabis consumption event in the state of Illinois that you're looking for, then I suggest you keep your beloved lounges and events as far away from the CRTA as humanly possible. The fact that this is governed by local municipalities or local governments as opposed to our state's government seems like a blessing in disguise. It's only a matter of time before more of these pop up, and it's less of a question of complexity and more of a question of local politics and ingenuity, how you actually make money on a business model that is basically just a glorified hangout location. And maybe it's best that we continue to allow people to navigate their local politics and allow them the freedom to innovate rather than placing them on the rigid, sterile, and oftentimes seemingly inept oversight regime that we know as the CRTA. Sometimes I think it's better to let the locals decide what happens in their own backyards rather than to allow some large state body with no investment or involvement 
in your community to make that determination. Allow me to read the language from the law that allows all of this to take place. A dispensing organization or retail tobacco store authorized or permitted by a unit of local government to allow on-site consumption shall not be deemed a public place within the meaning of the Smoke-Free Illinois Act. In other words, you can smoke things inside of these establishments. If you look deeper into the law, you'll find that there's a requirement that you have about 80% of your revenue be tobacco products. And some people say that it doesn't make sense that these cannabis consumption lounges are required to have at least or around 80% of their revenue be tobacco products. And at face value, I agree with this notion. But the idea starts to make more sense when you realize the tobacco products that they are referring to are actually cannabis ancillary products like rolling papers, bongs, bowls, and more, which took me back to my days of going to a head shop before cannabis was legal when all of the products were for tobacco use. Frankly, I think it makes sense that these establishments are able to sell cannabis ancillary products. I mean... Don't you want to be able to buy a bong, some papers, or a bowl at your consumption lounge? This allows you to do just that. Ultimately, my friends, this comes down to taxes. The state of Illinois wants their taxes. How else can they get their taxes? Well, they must require that you sell something that is taxable by the state of Illinois. And what is something that's taxable by the state of Illinois? Well, tobacco products. So... It's really simple when it comes down to it why this requirement exists, and I beg you, I plead you, uh, to not make it more complicated than it needs to be. Maybe, in fact, things should stay just about the way that they are today. It's literally in the name of the Act, the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act. We are going to regulate and tax cannabis. So in this instance, this is how they do that. We should be happy they're taking the hands-off approach they are taking with regard to regulation. We all know how much they like to regulate cannabis here in the state of Illinois. And we all know how good they are at doing just that. They've regulated the fuck out of this industry. Today, I'm in Cesar, Illinois. Cesar is able to flex their love for freedom because of the fact that they are one of the first places in Illinois to allow the opening of a consumption lounge. And that's despite the large number of churches, by my count, from this sign that you cannot miss. There are 12. Of those 12, eight reportedly protested the opening of this consumption lounge. Ultimately, however, Cesar City Council passed City Ordinance 2020-4 by a vote of 4-2, which paved the way for the lounge to open on July 10th, 2021, making the Luna Lounge in Cesar, Illinois, the very first cannabis consumption lounge in the state of Illinois. This is notable because this is not only a cannabis consumption lounge, it's a standalone cannabis consumption lounge. For contrast, in Mundelein, Illinois, there is a consumption lounge, but it's on site of a dispensary. And as a reminder, there are only two ways that you can open a consumption lounge in Illinois. 
if you have a dispensing location or if you have a tobacco retail permit combined with local permitting from your municipality or local government. This episode premiered on Patreon. This means that if you're not listening to this episode on Patreon, you're listening to this episode later than our patrons. For just $3 a month, you can get immediate access to all of our episodes as they release. You can go to chillinoid.net slash Patreon to become a patron. That's C-H-I-L-L-I-N-O-I-S dot net slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Enjoy the episode. Thank you, first of all, for welcoming me down to the Luna Lounge in Cesar, Illinois. I wanted to say it right out front. Um, one of the few consumption lounges I'm aware of. Before we talk about the consumption lounge, I wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to my audience. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Holly Ryder. I am the owner and founder of the first on-site cannabis consumption lounge in the state of Illinois. I'm also the CEO of a corporation called Elevated Institute. Um, so within the Luna Lounge, I do have two other businesses, cannabis businesses that I'm getting involved with. So um, I'm a cannabis queen around here. Yeah, you were just <laughs> telling us beforehand that you won in the latest uh, dispensary lottery. Congrats. Thank you. It's actually still very surreal. It's only been about two weeks since we found out, and I really don't know where to go from here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Only, I think only... Uh, what's the saying nowhere but up or whatever um you know being the first person to open up a consumption lounge and everything else and i thought maybe that'd be an interesting place to start you are the first um but if i i think i can count on one hand i think there are four why do you uh why do you think there aren't more consumption lounges here in illinois so just based on how they have the laws established for us it's not very profitable for most people, especially in you know bigger cities where the rent's crazy. Um, we've been pretty blessed to be in a smaller area to where it's not too hard to keep going. Um, they've set a lot of restrictions on us that are kind of ridiculous and don't really fall in line with the cannabis itself. Um, we're limited on what we can do. We can't sell drinks, um, as far as alcohol it goes. Um, we can't sell food. We have to have 80% of our stuff by to sell tobacco. And mm-hmm. as cannabis people, we don't really want to support the tobacco industry. We want to kind of separate ourselves. Um, also, other than that, there's just not a lot of guidelines. No one really knows where to go with it. Um, no one knows who to ask. And if you find the person to ask, they don't really have the best information for you. So we're kind of the guinea pigs in this. And yeah. the people that are just willing to do it are just willing to rock it out. Gotcha. Yeah, and I was going to ask you uh, about that. You know, I've seen the last few sessions come uh, like a bill will come up like cannabis events or cannabis consumption lounges. And I just wanted to ask you as a business person that's currently operating in the business is are things okay the way they are? Or do we need, cause that's what I worry about. You know, things get more complicated as rules get released. Like, do you, I guess my question is, do you like the way things are now or do you think we need some clarity? We definitely need some change. Um, we are the first, this is an auxiliary cannabis business. I don't think they really knew what to tell us to do or not to do in the beginning. So they set some very simple guidelines, but are pretty restrictive. So I would love to see some changes. I would love to be able to micro dispense in this building. <clears throat> I'm not trying to run as much cannabis out of this building as say a dispensary was, but I'm missing a lot of opportunities for business and sales and tourism when people come in here and ask me if I can sell cannabis to them and I can't. Sure. We also can't sell food in here. That's missing a huge market. You know, stoners and food go hand in hand. Um, We're missing out on all those things. There's a lot of things that we're not able to do that we should be able to do that just go hand in hand with the business that we have. Yeah. And is the main thing, like you said, you just have to have 
80% of your stock be tobacco related products and then you can open up a cannabis consumption lounge? Is that pretty much so the key? So it's not even just your stock. You have to have your 80% of sales has to be from tobacco. And what's crazy to me is this is controlled by the Smoke Free Act. And you would think as the Smoke Free Act, they wouldn't want you to be pushing tobacco sales and only requiring 80% sales and just let us do cannabis only. So it's kind of a giant oxymoron of what we're allowed to do based on who is organizing us to do so. There's no requirements like, uh, and I, you know, you've got a bunch of fans in here, so the air's moving, but there's not any requirements as far as that goes. They just basically say you must sell 80% tobacco. Yep, pretty much 80% tobacco, or you must be attached to a dispensary are the two biggest guidelines. And then it's basically up to the municipality of how they would like to control it, where they would like to zone you, things like that. So yeah. the municipality is told we can do a lot, but we're scared to make any moves to see, you know, someone could get pretty mad at us and shut us down. So we're just setting up the two sentence guidelines that they have given us yeah i was surprised to come into town and there's a sign with like 37 churches i'm exaggerating uh how does the community reacted to a consumption lounge being in town oh if you want to know the whole story here it's a very short story but the reason why the Luna Lounge has received so much coverage and know-how across the country is because we had nine preachers and pastors in this area come in when we opened up and signed a certified letter saying they did not want us here. They did not want us to be open. They did not want us to sell cannabis-related products. They did not want us to be open on Sunday. Um, they sent this off to every news station within 600 miles, basically, and it backfired. Everybody wanted to do a story on the person who's opened this first consumption lounge. The stories kind of went along the lines of, of course, churches are against cannabis. That's not the real story here. This girl's opened this first place and no one's talking about it. So no, they were not stoked about it. They're still not stoked about it. Um, but there's nothing I can do. Times are changing, man, and they got to get in line. <laughs> do they protest the, I, did, I don't know, did you see any bars when we were coming into town? Are there any bars in yes, town? Yes, there's about five, I think four or five bars in this town right now. So, and we're getting another one soon. So no one seems to care about that though. Oh, so we're, you're getting another one, but there's the, these priests haven't shown up for that. No one says anything about drugs, not, or at least <laughs> the alcohol side of it. They just think, you know, we get called the dope den or the lunacy den. Like they just think there is a specific brand of people coming in and out of this place and they just don't understand. But no protests. They just like to uh, keyboard warrior against me a lot. <laughs> just say things, say things about it. Well, yes. it's been going for what three years now. This is actually my second year. Second year. Mm -hmm. Okay, no problems. No problems. We've not had one police call. We've never had one incident here where you see these bars line up on the weekends and there's a mm -hmm. police car. I'm I'm good. I won't cool. be able to speak to you if I smoke. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, but no, we actually have a lot of local law enforcement that'll tell us straight hand. He's like, I love that this is here. We have no problems. We have no issues. You know, we follow the rules. They kind of think it's funny that we all smoke cigarettes outside because we're not <laughs> yeah. allowed to smoke cigarettes in here. He's like, well, at least you guys follow the rules. It's the <laughs> weirdest thing ever to me. But like you guys, we mind our own business. We play board games and paint in here. Like they, they have this idea of reefer madness and what they think cannabis is like. So... I'm just going to let them continue to think it. <laughs> sure. Well, and we live in a weird place in Illinois where it's like uh, cannabis is legal, um, but you can't you can't technically smoke it outside. Like if I took this joint that I had written, lit up and went outside, I mean, I doubt I'd have any trouble, but by the color of the law, I it would be legal. outside of it. Yeah, yep. illegal. Yeah. So um, it's interesting, like you're giving people a, a safe place place to consume and, and a lot like the bar I figure you have some 
safety protocols and measure of like, hey, if this person's too intoxicated, like drink some water or something. CBD water is absolutely amazing. It helps take your buzz down in 15, 20 minutes. We have that available at all times for people. So unlike alcohol where you're stuck in for that ride for eight to 12 hours, cannabis, there's at least some science behind it. And we've learned that CBD helps knock that out a little bit. So we are aware of that. Um, the greatest thing about this place is just like any other bar, people have DD drivers that come in here. They're not coming in nice. here and getting silly and then driving off. And it's just kind of not that type of place either. It's very mellow. We are definitely the true definition of a lounge. Yeah. And uh, what are some of the cool things you guys have done? I feel like I've seen events, yeah. but I can't think of any off the top of my head. What are some cool ones? So we do events every Saturday generally. Um, some are sponsored, some are not sponsored. Um, we'll do anything from a single solo artist to showcase events to having full-blown bands in here. Mm -hmm. We've had comedy in the past. We oh, do nice. paint and puff nights. Sunday is a great day around here. We do potluck dinner at 420 where everyone kind of winds down throughout the week, bring a dish and share it. Um, we have big plans to do a lot of things now that we have bigger sponsors coming in, you know, shout out to Arise. Sure. But uh, they, uh, they're here every single weekend kind of pumping and getting in front of their, you know, future consumers as well. So we're working cohesively to throw these big events, to get more people in these doors and just to share the love and the word of cannabis. Nice, nice. And I was going to ask you, um, in terms of people that come in, are they like, just generally speaking, I'm just curious as, as to what you've seen, are they coming from the dispensary? Are they like, what's, what's the typical person that, like, how do they find this place and how do they come in, I guess? That's, I know that's a very one, broad because uh, we don't have any standard of human being sure. that comes into this facility. You have, you know, the 21 to 25 year old kids that are like, just like, yeah, we want to come smoke weed in a place. That's rad. Mm -hmm. And my favorite groups of people that we get a lot of, mainly our general demographic, is that 50 to 70 who have been smoking their whole lives and they're coming in here listening nice. to live music and cannot believe that they're able to smoke weed legally. You know, last night was like my Thursday night card night and it's my older women crowd and they come mm -hmm. in here and play cards and you know play uno and smoke weed together and you know these like beautiful business owning women that you would just not believe that are in here um we do have a lot of tourism you know shout out to the church community for building my seo to be amazing so if anybody <laughs> in the country types in on-site cannabis consumption lunch we're the first one to pop out no matter where you are so we see people from canada new york you know East to West Coast, North to South, they come and travel. Um, we also, people think we're a dispensary a lot, so we'll just get those random people like, hey, do you sell weed? I'm like, we don't, not mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all over the place. I can't, I can't key point anything on a demographic or how people show up here. It's just always very random. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are two, down, two consumption lounges down here in Southern Illinois. Like I said, I believe there are four that I know of in the state. There's one in Peoria, and then there's, uh, so there's two down here one in Peoria and one in Chicago. So I think there's about four. There there may be a couple more than that. Um, True, actually, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of random. They pop up overnight and, you know, Sesh mm -hmm. Bus is kind of running around That's doing their dang thing right now. So yeah. I think a lot of people are trying to get their cities to agree to it. Um, I know OK Dispensary and Mundelein supposed to be getting one soon if they haven't already. Um, yeah, we have Three Mile Highway right up the street in Harrisburg. So, you know, we're far enough away that we get two totally different crowds of people. They are in town with the dispensary, so they get a lot of overflow from that. But people are just not opening up. We do have 150 people in our, um, I guess we're going to call it our inbox right now, that are wanting to do franchises with oh, cool. us. But it's really hard to get them like established because we don't know all the necessary laws to pass on to them. So we're trying to get that all dialed in so we can pass those along. But it's really hard. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was leading up to, bringing that number back up, is like what advice could you give to people, to other business owners? I'm not trying to make you spill your secrets, oh, no. but 
you know, like we all, I think, agree that it'd be great if more of these were around. And I guess that's sounds like maybe you don't have all the answers, but what are what is some advice you would give uh, people around the state if they were looking to open one of these? Not only just like logistically, but like you said, the key part is the community. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of ins and outs to all this. And unfortunately, it's not the lack of like our understanding, it's the lack of knowledge that's put out there for us. So I do believe outside of what people could do to get this going is there needs to be an organization set up specifically for us as a whole entire organization that answers our questions, push things forward, ask us as business owners for the past two years what we could see happen in this industry, what they could fix. Um, my, my number one thing is to tell people to talk to their community first, make sure they go talk to their aldermen and their mayor and start there first. Like, is this even something that you guys are willing to do? Um, kind of show them what it's about, you know, protocol it out, let them know the safeties. Let them know there's a huge um, influx of cannabis tourism coming to this state. So that's always what I want to tell people to do first is go talk to your community. Mm -hmm. And then, honestly, there's not many rules to follow after that. You know, you just got to make sure that you follow within those two guidelines of the 80% or the dispensary owned. I would just tell people to just kind of play it safe, but also keep it in your own image and your own idea. That's kind of what we've been doing. Um, this is kind of one of those ask for forgiveness, not permission types of industries because they are not giving us any information. So evidently what we've been doing has been okay because no one's came knocking on my door, but all I say is get your community behind it first and kind of go from there. Yeah. And ideally moving forward again with, I don't imagine that legislation like that's going to go away. How do you think ideally we'd keep it simple? I'm worried. I don't want it to be too complicated. So a shop like this gets shut down, for right. example. You know what I mean? And I know that the 80% thing seems ridiculous, but it also seems like simple enough that you've been able to comply and others have as 100%, well. Yeah. So in the spirit of that, and I know this is like, you know, it's hard to think of like how to structure a new way, but what do you think ideally would be the way to, is it, is it literally just clarity? Like, Hey, you're not going to get in trouble for this or like what what would be moving forward do you think would be break the ice not only for you to feel more comfortable to move forward but for everybody else i think the clarity for one having proper answers and also breaking down those barriers of what are the requirements yeah um, because you know bars don't have requirements to have to sell this or that they right. just get to be open so i feel like there's just such a stigma still in place on this and they really just didn't know if this is going to be a successful business they didn't know how to government so i think it's just up to people like us you know ica just started as well yeah um all of us joining together and kind of giving them a guideline of what we should do mm -hmm. um and what we shouldn't do and kind of just let us do our thing you know the dispensaries i know they have pretty strict laws and stuff like that but this isn't a dispensary this is a place where people want to come and relax and hang out and they shouldn't stifen the business owner in order to make more money as well right i don't necessarily want to have a full-blown bar in here but it'd be really awesome to have a restaurant in here not even infused to mm -hmm. be able to sell those things um i would love to be able to have bigger events in here that's just solely focused on you know, entry fees, yeah. not have to push tobacco products out the store to survive, which like I said, I think it's an oxymoron to the cannabis industry. They want us to be smoke free, but we have to sell 80% to be in compliance. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It just seems so weird. How, <laughs> like, yes. And those are only two laws. So like how of all the things that we could be, those are the two established laws that we like have to adhere by. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, and it, I guess it, like, it opens the door maybe for businesses like hookah lounges that have always been functioning to just open doors and 
become cannabis businesses. But yeah, it just seems weird that like who who behind the state behind the scenes or whatever was like, this yeah, cannabis lounges can do it. But wait a minute, also the people with eighty percent of tobacco sales, like. Well, and that's the weird thing with the hookah lounges is hookah lounges across the state can serve food, but they also have smoking. So where does that come into play to the whole thing? Interesting. And then there's a hookah place, I guess, in Peoria that's a hookah shop slash cannabis lounge. So you can have tobacco and cannabis. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, it's like the wild, wild west in this industry right now. It's the simplest one to start and create, but it's also like the most vague. So I just don't understand how if the smoking and anti-smoking act is a thing here, why are hookah lounges able to sell food and alcohol at that and we're not able to? Like it yeah. just doesn't make sense to me. I feel like this is where I was where I was headed. I just it clicked in my head. Would it would you agree that maybe it would be better to move towards like a permit Ma, ma, maybe I'm, I'm not a business person, so feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. You, you know more than about this on me, I can guarantee. But I was going to say, maybe as opposed to a license model, it'd be like a permit model. And in, in, in other words, like you just pay your local whatever, and then you, you get that, and then it's all, all is done. I just the reason I'm asking this question is I feel like it's so hard to get into the cannabis business. I mean, you just talked about the first license lottery and how crazy the application process was but you were one of the 55 winners i think is the number um that's a small group of people so i i would hope that it isn't as limited you know going forward especially with regard to the consumption lounges so i'm wondering when we go forward with uh legislation i feel like that would be a reasonable thing you know like i guess we can keep the 80 percent tobacco thing if it helps some businesses but the other thing should just be like if you want to open a consumption lounge, Operate pay for a permit. To. You know exactly. And that's yeah. what we do in this town. So the municipality does take a permit from us. They've set up an actual consumption permit for the city itself. Okay. Um, because the state does not license me as they have my infuser lab or the dispensary. Yeah. So this was definitely municipality controlled. They have they had to rezone the whole area. They set up a bunch of laws for us. So it's within the municipality to make up its its idea of what they want you to do and just like any bar anywhere else all you have to do is give them a liquor license you're not in there saying okay well this is gonna be the design of it right this is the theme of it this is what we're gonna have what we're not gonna have they don't care about those things they get their you know here i think in town's two thousand dollars a year they're two thousand dollars a year open up shop have mm-hmm. a great day but we are not able to do that unless you jump through so many hoops and you know, we've been very thankful and we've been very successful in the last two years and you know the local government has really helped us but we were all kind of just scattering in the beginning, like, how do we make this happen? And, you sure. know, as well as how does he govern me and make sure I'm staying compliant. Mm-hmm. But in order for everyone to do that, they have to establish laws because you can't follow laws if you don't have any to follow. And yeah. I don't mean like we're doing anything legal here. It's just like we have two things that we're told that we're able to do. So right. everything outside that, are we breaking rules or is it just unspoke of right now? So I don't, mm-hmm. it's been wild. Yeah, <laughs> it has been. Well, I want to just thank you for being willing to, to do this for the community because again, it's, it's like a rare thing. And you know, I hear about this place all the time. Like people are like, where the hell are the consumption lounges? They're like, well, there's the Luna lounge and Cesar and you know, like, People are like, well, why is there only two? So that's why I wanted to have this conversation today. I figured that was the case. It's the lack of clarity and people are just like. 99% of my emails that come to my building are, how do I open a consumption lounge or can we franchise with you? Like, I don't get a lot of like, hey, what's going on on the weekends? It's like, how did you find these laws? And the only reason I even found these laws in the first place is when the first application process popped up for infusers. 
I was during COVID. I was like, oh man, I'm going to try to do this. I didn't have the money for attorneys and all mm -hmm. these consultant groups that people were spending to make this application work. So I was spending every day reading everything, reading it all, reading it all, <laughs> typing out this application. And I just happened to see two sentences in there. And I was like, what the heck? And that, when I originally came back from California, that was my only plan to open this infuser lab. I bought a building. COVID hit, licenses mm -hmm. got pushed back. So then I saw that two little sentences in there and brought it up to the mayor. I was like, hey man, like I know this is kind of not what I asked you if you wanted to do, but this popped up, you want to try it? And he's like, the first one? I'm like, yeah, man, let's let's go for it. So it was just by chance and COVID that I sat and read those laws and saw the wow. two sentences. And that's, that's all there is. It sounds like you got a cool mayor. It sounds like you got he's a really cool rad. mayor. He's pretty rad. I'm very thankful for Jason Ashmore. He has been on my side since day one, yeah. fighting the good fight. <laughs> That's that's very interesting. And do you know, has the city at all, like it sounds like you had like that minor thing that ended up working in your favor. Has the city gotten any flack for the decision? Like, Well, yes and no, um, because you'll see posts where people like, you know, I used to be so proud to say I'm from Cessna, Illinois, but now anytime I mention it to anyone, all they can talk about is how we have the seedy weed lounge in town. And I've had petitions on change.org to be set up against me to try to shut me down. Like. There are a few people that are like embarrassed and like mad still that I'm here because they just don't understand it. And I yeah. spent my first year trying to convince these people and I've kind of given up on that. Like, you know, we're not for everyone. So it's sure. like, I don't have to sit and waste my energy on this, but there are definitely people that are still giving a slack to this day. They still give the you know, the mayor slack for it, the city council. They try to knock out, you know, city council members to hire new people because they thought that they were being corrupted by this whole cannabis thing. Sure. It's been the biggest scandal in this little town. Like it's yeah. absolutely crazy actually. Well, and you know what's crazy is that what we're doing right now, what I obviously besides the fact that it's literally being recorded and folks are watching it right now, what we're doing right now though, which is I'm smoking weed and we're talking. That's what goes on in here, right? 100%. A lot of good times. I mean, they literally have sleepovers in here. My regulars that are the Luna family, they will move all these couches around. They will bring in air mattresses, no joke, stay here all night long and watch movies and hang out. Like, it's it's a weird little public living room party is what we always joke about and call it because you never know who's going like, to pop in or what's sure. going to happen. And there's like random sleepovers. You know, it's just this great group of humans. We've traveled all over the country together. Like it is just a really cool place. You know, they're in here painting or playing video games, smoking weed, talking about life, you know, you know, saying a hundred million different times we're going to start a podcast because we say so many interesting things. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But, I, can, I can feel it. There's been a lot of interesting stuff. Happening. I'm pretty sure we get canceled like day one. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's just part of the territory. Yeah. Know? But anyways, that's, that's, uh, I wanted to make that point because, you know, maybe we didn't realize it, but that this is, it's not like when, when I turn off the camera, it's like, all right, we're doing a bong stand. And that's like a keg no, stand. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm no. going to get on my hands and whatever. It's not like it gets crazy like that. It's, it's really, I would say just like a bar, but I take it a step down because you're never going to have that like situation where somebody gets out of control, violent or anything nope. like that. They might just get really hungry and, you know, whatever. Like, that's nope. the worst that's going to happen. They just fight over, like, what toppings are going over a pizza. Like, that's about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. they are so sweet and so calm. And it's almost funny if people pop in here for the first time because I think they have this mind, in their mind, like, what this is going to be like. And they walk in, everybody's just, like, chilling. People don't really talk a lot. Even on band nights, we've had musicians tell us that it feels very recital-like because no one talks like they would at a bar. They sit and stare at the band and they yeah. clap after every song. Like, <laughs> this is like, give me weird vibes in here, but this is great. Yeah. So it's 
it's just different, man. Like, and it's the coolest place. And it's also, I find myself saying all the time, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like, how did I get a job to where I sit and smoke weed with these people all day long? Like, it's freaking yeah. awesome. But I just want to see more open up and yeah. see what other people do with it in their own vision. Yeah. I'm excited for that, too. And just on a final note on the, the point of uh, critical people, the only reason I'm going this long about it is because I am just fascinated by people that are critical of this. I've had like the number one group that's against marijuana legalization on my show and I've like debated this person on the show several times. It's I find it fascinating though, like how you actually believe this, right? Yes. And so I was just curious as like the last like what do you think it will take for them to like maybe they still pass and are like, I would never go in there, but what do you think it would take for somebody to just accept that that's going to be, do you think it's just going to be time and more of them opening or do you think it's just kind of never going to happen? I just or? don't think there's going to be some people that are ever changed. Sure. Like this is going to be one of those, like, you know, I don't like to talk about the old folks, but they've been hammered this for years that this is bad. Yeah. Just like alcohol prohibition. We're coming into the end of cannabis prohibition right mm -hmm. now. So we just have to think about what alcohol was like a few years ago. And there's people that still to say, think alcohol is bad. Sure. So I think, that stigma is going to have to ch only change when new generations are coming about. Um, we're not going to change people's minds because I've actually gotten to some arguments about Christian with the Christian community about sure. these things. I'm like, what is it? You know, is it about God? Is it about federal legalization? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And you know, the first and foremost, so it's not federally legal. I'm like, okay, so when it becomes federally legal, are you going to get <laughs> off my back? Like, no, Jesus still says we can't like you because of this. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's what that's all about, but okay. So I just don't think no matter what happens, people are going to change their mind and that's okay. And I'm not, like I said, I used to fight about it. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Not, wor <laughs> not worth it. You've, the doors are opened and, and all you need to fight for is the people's attention that, that want to come here. Absolutely. Right? You know? And that's what I do. I try to make this the best experience possible for people when they come in here, whether it's your first time or you come here seven days a week. Like I want this to be inviting and welcoming and I want people to have a good time. And that's what we try to do here. And that's, that's my only goal with the consumption lounge. Just as anybody who's coming into this needs to know, this isn't like a multi-million dollar cannabis business. This isn't where you make your big bucks if that's all you're worried about. This is a passion career. Yeah. Um, this is for the community and only for the community. Um, there are definitely some ways that we can make more money with these things, but that's not what this is here for. This is for the people who like to consume and smoke and people who aren't able to smoke in you know, their rental properties or you know, right. around their children. This is a community, like a YMCA for cannabis users. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, again, it's just, I, I have to dwell on this fact, not only to lean in, into it for you for advertising that you're one of the few that are open, but the, it's so crazy, again, that you are one of the few that are open when you consider how many people live in federal housing and, and as a result can't, literally cannot use cannabis in their own property. You know what I mean? It's absolutely insane that you can't, you pay rent to this place and the government's still telling you you can't, like, <laughs> A lot of it doesn't make sense to me, but that's what we're all here for. And, yeah. you know, I think our generation is really what's shaking the way for, you know, cannabis laws and the future of this all. I think we're going to see federal legalization very, very soon where these people won't have to worry about that. But I still, even at those times, want to be here for people who want to go out and have a good time, but not be surrounded by alcohol and just relax and smoke some weed and Fuck share yeah. some weed with some friends. Like, it's all I care about this place. It's all I want. Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's leave our listeners with this. You know, I feel like they might expect this, but maybe not because this is a first. Nobody's ever, not a lot of people have been to a cannabis consumption lounge. So when they come in here, I've shown a video, like they'll have seen what the inside looks like by now, but like, what can they expect? And I'll just start it off if you're not sure where I'm going with this. 
There's an ashtray at every table. It looks like there's some lighters. There's a rolling tray. I'll take it from there. <laughs> so my regulars all make fun of me because I have a you know a standard spiel I give to every single person they walk in here. You know, I'm, hey babies, like welcome to the Little Lounge. It's super cheesy. They always make fun of me. You can That's hear cute. them say, hey babies, in the background, hey babies. <laughs> and you know, I ask them first and foremost since we are a head shop, like are here to shop or consume. Um, you know, if they're here to shop, then I tell them you know the rundown and then come back. If they're here to consume, um, I let them know that we have a daily membership fee that. That they have to pay for us to maintain a private establishment um, which fluctuates from five to ten dollars depending on what's going on in here um, I let them know they consume anywhere they like in this facility I kind of give them a walk through what's in the hallway as far as the selfie studio the art gallery where the restrooms are if they want to go outside smoke um, I let them know if there's ashtrays and rolling trays on all the tables and, you know if they need any assistance with rolling or packing or would like to rent say a bowl or a bong they can do that with me um, kind of let them know everything they can let them know there's board games all over the place and they can come sit with us if they want i always tell them people are friendly if they want to smoke they can say yes they can say no you know just <laughs> do what you want have a good time <laughs> that's so cool that's so cool well folks you heard it here you heard it here so um the luna lounge in Cesar, illinois um you can find them on social media we'll have all of that in the uh, podcast description was there anything else i just wanted to give you the space before we go that you wanted to say to our greater audience before we go no i just hope to see every single one of you come down here and check us out and also visit all the other awesome consumption lounges in the state of illinois and if you have any questions shoot send them to me luna lounge Cesar at facebook instagram.com <laughs> yeah well thank you for being so welcoming and uh thank you for doing this once again seriously no, thank you i really from appreciate you coming down here thank you so yep all right folks we'll see you on the next episode take care Hey, Holly, thanks for jumping back on a Zoom call with me. Um, after having spoke with both you and uh, another cannabis consumption lounge in Southern Illinois, I wanted to ask, and it's actually, a, it was inspired by something you said after we got off of off air. So it was not only like watching the uh, interviews, but something you'd mentioned off air, which is like kind of the idea that, yes, we want clarification and, and maybe some more flexibility on being able to serve food or cannabis perhaps but for the most part things are pretty awesome the way they are would you agree yes they are still pretty awesome i cannot lie <laughs> yeah and that the thought came up uh honestly when i when i started to think about the experiences that i've seen other uh cannabis industry participants have and i know you just want a license but um it's been so hard for them to just get those licenses they applied for from the state meanwhile you're able to just work with your mayor you know yeah this is that's the best part about this license that it is municipality controlled um so there is some leverage on that but it also makes things a little bit difficult because we just don't want to make anybody mad so we're just trying to tread lightly and you know do the best that we can with what we have yeah yeah, and I guess my last thought on that is like with regard to the concerns about wanting flexibility for food and, and cannabis consumption, it would be so that you could profit off of those things, right? Because technically speaking, people can order their food in, you know, of course you can't profit from that. Um, but and then they can also bring their cannabis in and gift it to each other. So at yeah. least it's it's almost like I I think what you said yesterday that um inspired me you were like I'm not some like crazy far right no regulation person but like this is an instance where the lack of let's say strict regulation is actually working in our favor 
Yes, it actually is. And and that's what's helping us is that we're just kind of like doing the thing and, uh, you know, trying to make buy with what we're able to do. But I do think if they open it up to allow us to do any type of food service or maybe one day have a bar in here, you know, not as crazy as a nightclub or, you know, potentially let us sell cannabis. It's just going to help us grow more and provide bigger ev events for people because we're not just a consumption social lounge. We want to get back to the community. We want to be able to help patients. We want to be able to do a lot of things. And with the lack of funding, we're kind of just stuck with what we're able to do right now. Yeah. Well, hey, that's that's really the thought that I just wanted to more clearly touch base with you on because I felt like I started to touch base with you on it when I was talking about how it is great that it was a permit at kind of the local level, but uh -huh. I didn't ask you it that directly. And so thank you for being willing to hop on and discuss that yeah. idea. You're very welcome. Anytime. Cool. All right.